Hello, this is Carol Barbeau, and I'm on the line with Mark Dodich. And for those of you who don't know us, we are two astrologers. Mark works in Portland, Oregon, and I work mainly out of Seattle. And uh, we're both Libras, or air sun signs, and we're going to be answering calls tonight. So any questions that anyone would like to call in with, we would be happy to take callers. And we're probably going to begin by... uh, talking about the eclipses, but first I'd like to introduce Mark and him give you his phone number perhaps and his website and a little bit about himself. Mark? So I'll just jump right in there. Uh, I've been an astrologer professionally since 1980, so I've been around for a long time. Uh, I'm down in Portland, as you said, at 503-252-1558. And I've got all kinds of information on my website, uh, which is www.astromark.us, and that's A-S-T-R-O-M-A-R-K dot U-S. So, Wonderful. And Carol, did you want to do the same before we start talking? Okay. It's uh, carolbarbeau.com, C-A-R-O-L-B-A-R-B-E-A-U dot com. Mark and I both do some free uh, timing and uh, a little bit of predictive stuff for people. We both are uh, astrologers greatly concerned with people living the happiest and best lives possible for themselves. So um, what do you think about this eclipse, Mark? Well, I was one of the ones who set my alarm and got up real early in the morning and uh, wrapped myself up in blankets, and it was just beautiful. It was. Uh, it to was. be able to see the sky here in the northwest uh, still is is wonderful. Uh, it was pretty exciting for me. It's um, uh, first to be able to see what's going on, but the eclipse was in the sign Pisces. And just for the listeners who may not know astrology, because I don't want to torture them with uh, what we'll call astrological technobabble, but the eclipse was in the sign Pisces. And what happens is these eclipses come along about twice a year, and for a year and a half, they will keep bouncing back and forth in the same signs. And so for the last year and a half, they've been in Pisces and Virgo. In fact, we've got a Virgo eclipse coming up on September 11th that I'm sure we'll talk about before the end of the hour. Uh, but the key has been is we have all been in this year-and-a-half-long process, and this is the last Pisces visionary eclipse that is saying, how do we open up to our higher spiritual vision is what Pisces would say. And over on the other side, the sun was, is in Virgo and saying, we must bring this higher vision down to earth in pragmatic, day-to-day, mundane service. And so that's been this back-and-forth routine between how do I live my vision and still pay my bills that's been going on. Is, is that how you've been experiencing it, Carol? Yeah, I think, you know, we've had so much on the secret and all of the kind of more uh, just dream it and it will happen without a lot of the practical anchoring. Uh, it's kind of like that joke about the person praying to be rescued off the roof in the flood and the boats come by and they keep saying no no god's going to come get them get me and they don't realize that a certain amount of this has to be done themselves and so that's kind of how i see the virgo in the pisces end has had the vision of yes god hears me and help is coming and the virgo end is oh my goodness and here's a boat perhaps god has sent the boat you know so um, it is all my clients seem to be wondering if there's more or there's more they're supposed to be doing or 
um, you know, how do they connect and know that they're doing the right thing? And um, I think there's been a great deal of confusion with the Pisces stuff, especially with Uranus, the planet that's change in the sign of Pisces. I think, you know, the dynamic of our lives has been kind of turned over. And you and I, maybe we left corporate America and took that leap, but there's a lot of people out there who are still, oh, my God, can I do this? Or or should I do this? You know? Right. So um, my thought is major planets moving into Earth signs is going to create a huge, huge dynamic of us bringing that practicality. And I've always said, what's the good of levitating? You know, I mean, that's kind of fun. You can sit in the middle of the room and 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 levitate. But what if you could levitate people out of burning buildings and, sure. and out of war zones? And so my thought, and, and I'm maybe a bit more out there with this than you are, is that, uh, you know, we're going to learn to do magical things to create healing and, and a dynamic of, wonderful changes for the planet that's and we're going to work <laughs> you know and these magical things need to work in the earth plane not absolutely. out in what we uh in lovingly in the business not out in what we call the woo-woo place absolutely it needs to work in the day-to-day place and i think one thing that would be important for listeners to know that here we are talking about like for example the signs pisces and virgo since that's where this lunar eclipse was uh just the other day and Oftentimes what I'll find is people that don't know astrology think, well, I'm a Sagittarius. That has nothing to do with me. Well, the truth is, is, as astrologers, we cast a chart, and we are all made up of all 12 signs. We may choose to be born while the sun is going through Sagittarius, but we all have a place in our chart where Pisces and Virgo is operating. And, of course, the advantage of going to an astrologer is we know where that place is, and so when something is going on in Pisces or Virgo, we know what part of our uh, life is being activated. Uh, and uh, on my website, I have a free astrology primer. It's about a 22-page uh, download, PDF download, that goes through all of the signs and the meaning of the houses, so, for example, if you had an eclipse land in your place of relationships, you may be dealing with relationships, but somebody else may have Pisces in their career place and be dealing with those kind of issues. And that's, and, you know, that, that's true. People will think something's not going to touch them because it's not in their sun sign. And I think we're like one-sixteenth our sun sign. And, and you know, you can have, uh, let's say, an Aquarius sun, and you can have six planets in Capricorn. So unless somebody's really looked at a chart, they're going to think astrology doesn't sound like them because they don't sound or feel like what you would read about Aquarius, and then they have all of maybe this Capricorn stuff. So um, Absolutely. Um, uh, and I would like to just remind listeners that they are certainly welcome to call in with their questions now. Um and we'll talk as we go. Uh, I think what you said was very important, though, Carol, is that we're about to bring that energy of these higher Pisces spiritual visionary ideals down into practical application because next Sunday, Sunday the 2nd, there's, a, there's actually a pretty major shift going on when the planet Saturn moves into uh, uh, Virgo, which is roll up your sleeves and get down to work. You know, it's funny, you do charts for everyone else and ignore yourself at times, and um, Saturn just has crossed into my 10th house, and I'm wondering, 
penthouse's career, but I'm wondering why I'm trying to work smarter and do things different. Why do I have this urge to get my office organized? And I looked at my chart today and went, ah, duh, (laughs) there it is, That, that order coming into the area that has to do with career for me. So uh, for the first time in in 30 years uh, also, because this planet moves rather slowly. So I think it's going to create a huge change. And, you know, I think Saturn, that planet that's about accountability and responsibility and duty, I think it's going to be a little bit happier in Virgo than it's been in Leo, don't you, or do you? I I definitely do. uh, When... When us astrologers probably do the general public a little bit of a disservice in that when we talk about Saturn, we go, oh, you poor baby, and we make it sound like it's such a bad, hard, disciplinarian kind of a planet, but we forget to tell people that when you do the work that you need to do, Saturn rewards you. It's it's kind of like... Um, uh, we're kind of taught in our society, uh, kind of like credit cards. You know, I'll get the rewards first and pay for it later. Mm-hmm. Well, Saturn's just the opposite. If you're willing to sacrifice in the short term to create something for your long-term good, uh, there will definitely be fruit on the trees when we get to that place. And we're in this period that is actually just starting this coming Sunday and is going to last uh, until the summer of 2010, And on the earthly level, we're saying, gee, it is time to roll up our sleeves, get organized, simplify our life, clean out our closets, and I don't care if that's emotional closets or physical closets, so that we actually have room to work. And the beauty I see of Saturn, because, you know, I do that soul ray astrology, you know, with the Uh esoteric side of why are we on planet Earth kind of stuff, uh, the old Alice Bailey channelings of uh, what was called the seven rays. Uh, in that form of spiritual astrology, we see that Saturn is an initiator. It helps us go to a whole new frequency of vibration. And to go to that place, we need to clean our closets so that we can operate at that higher frequency of service on the planet Earth. So I tend to see it as a good thing where when we're talking to clients, I think sometimes we say, oh, you poor baby, Saturn's coming your way. So I don't know uh, how you, so with it going into your career house, uh, this is obviously you stepping up into your authority figure to take your service to the world at a whole new level. And it's it's about working smarter, not not more, but because I think I already work too hard. So with me, it's with Virgo, can I handle a little more facts, a little more information, a little bit more concrete filing system, a little bit more order in order to be more efficient in what I'm doing. So I'm looking at prices, of so going up on prices, and I'm looking at a lot of things, and I'm kind of feeling that, okay, it's, it's time to not just be up here in the air and say, okay, I'll be here today and here tomorrow, but maybe create a little more plans in my life. And I, aren't you seeing that with your clients, wanting something a little bit more concrete, whether it's a relationship or... Whatever. I, I'm seeing quite a bit with the clients of people who have felt like they're in struggle, like they're, they're, many of them are doing their work. They're sincerely and honestly doing their work, working on their issues, and they're saying, gee, life is a bit of a struggle here. It needs to get easier. Um, 
And, and I also see people who aren't doing what they need to do, and of course the universe seems to be beating up on them a little bit, uh, not to punish them, but to get them to do what they know they need to do anyway. And so this incoming energy uh, is forcing us basically to clean up our act. Uh, and currently, you know, we're in, the, in a phase called Venus retrograde. That's where the planet of love and money and art and beauty and grace has been going backwards since July, uh, I believe it was the 27th, wasn't it? Yeah. And it is in this cycle until September 8th that says we're evaluating our priorities. It sounds like we maybe have a caller. I heard a little beep on there. Is there Hi, Mark. Hello. Hello. Hi there. This is Beverly calling from Edmonds. Hi, Hi Beverly. Beverly. Hi, Mark. I was wondering, what do we have to look forward to with the upcoming presidential and all this political uh, wranglings that have been going on uh, recently, well, really, for, what, eight years now? And how can we... Um, what should we be looking forward to, hopefully in a more positive manner, in the near future with all these powerful changes that are, have happened and will be happening? Well, Mark and I may have different takes on this, but I look at the entrance of planets into Earth signs of meaning that we're going to become more concerned with the environment that we will put into presidency, people who will maybe look at school reforms, who will look at organic food, um, you know, the health care on poisoning all our pets you know we may eat anything ourselves but watch our pets get killed and watch us all turn around and start paying attention to what's coming in our food and i think that the presidential election is going to definitely reflect these earth energies that we want somebody to do something practical it's great to you know fly to the moon but let's improve our schools let's do something with um, ecology. Let's do something with cleaning up the environment, and that's who you're going to see win, I believe, in the elections. What do you think, Mark? Well, I've actually been uh, doing the early stages of research at looking at the election, and typically we look at all the candidates available. We look at inauguration day, which can get very complicated, and it's perhaps a little too early to go into specifics on that. Although I'm, you know, I'm happy to tell you what I've figured out so far. Uh, far be it from being uh, firm results. But what I'll say is we begin by looking at the big picture, and we cast a chart for the United States, uh, in other words, a birth chart for July 4th, 1776. And then we look at the astrology, just like if we were looking at a person, uh, for example, a lot of people come to astrologers every six months or every year and say, you know, Mark or Carol, what is being activated in our chart? What changes are coming to us that we need to prepare for? Well, we can do the same thing with the chart of the United States of America. And at the risk of getting a little too technical, uh, we have a, a, a word called progressions in astrology that represent what are the subtle changes that are going on below the surface. And if you know what those subtle changes are, you can get a hint as to... Uh, which candidate is going to be best able to um, work with those subtle, under-the-surface psychological changes. So, for example, the United States was born when the sun was in cancer. In other words, July 4th, the sun's in cancer, which is nurturing, taking care of the people, um, a sense of family or a sense of community. Well, when we mathematically move the chart around over 
you know, a couple hundred years at this point in time. What occurred the day before the last presidential election, just one day, was the sun mathematically moved into the sign Pisces. Now, for the United States of America. Now, that doesn't mean that the United States has become a Pisces. It's, it's kind of like pouring chocolate syrup onto vanilla ice cream. It's still vanilla ice cream. It's just you've changed the flavor or the texture. Well, for the United States, the, um, the um, sun has moved into Pisces, which is very soft, very feminine, very spiritual, so that we know that whoever the next president is going to be is going to have to have more of these softer, what we'll call divine feminine traits. Now, does that mean that it is uh, a woman such as Hillary, or does that simply mean that the person who is elected needs to have a good source of connection to that divine feminine in order to be elected. Uh, and then the other thing I'll make mention, which also is one of the first, this is the first time this has ever happened to the United States of America. Uh, the planet Mars, which represents war and aggression and I want it, I go attack it, I go get it, has turned around just in the past year and is giving this illusion of moving backwards. Uh, we call it retrograde motion in astrology. So the warrior planet just turned around and started moving backwards at the very time uh, that the Democrats uh, took over in Congress. And so that was a signal of something that's going to be coming over the next 80 years, which is revising how we are taking our aggressive male warrior energy out into the world, because when it's moving backwards, it's moving softer. So number one is is we need to be looking at uh, the people who can uh, or are willing to work in a new paradigm uh, will be number one for who we are electing. And I'm not sure if you're asking for specifics, I'll give them anyway, but I looked at just a rough look of all the candidates that are, shall we call them, in the upper tiers for both the Democrat and Republican parties, and then I looked at Inauguration Day in 2009 and compared the charts, and the two people that I thought had the very best charts, uh, which means that they have the, astrologically have the best potential to be elected, uh, were Barack Obama and Mitt Romney. Um, and that was simply uh, through what we call synastry, which is how we do relationship astrology. So anyway, the characteristic is is the tone has changed in our country astrologically, and the candidates who want to be elected had better recognize this and be willing to move into this more uh, feminine source of power, shall we call it. Okay. Thank I, you so much, both of you. All right. Uh, you're welcome. I think we we both uh, kind of agree that it is going to be a huge shift and a huge change. And I I always think of Queen Elizabeth the first when she took over uh, England and and that her speech that she gave to her prime ministers kind of seems to me the theme of maybe where we need to go now of pulling our energy within and becoming that which we really should be within this country and which we can be and so she said we will cease aggression we will vigorously defend our shores and pull our energy in to nurture and comfort our country and be all that we can be so i always think maybe that her um her inauguration speech might be the one that that uh who wins this perhaps might borrow from her because she certainly did good for england in the years that she was queen 
So sounds wonderful. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so, did you have any other question, Mary? No, that was it. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Have a good evening. You too. Bye bye. You know what I'm curious if is going on for listeners is uh, you know the planet. I just mentioned that the planet Venus, which is, you know, love and money, has been going backwards. And later on this year, the planet Mars, is kind of a male energy, is also going to be going retrograde. And, you know, classically, this is uh, shifting relationships for people. Hugely. And so, Carol, have you been experiencing people in major relationship shifts? Well, even myself, you know, I'm really looking at... at uh, what's nurturing to me and what isn't. And, and I think, you know, we've had all these Mercury retrogrades and water signs, which is about emotions, and uh, we've got one more uh, coming up in Scorpio. And I think a lot of us, this Venus retrograde, are really tempted to just kind of winnow out a lot of things in our lives that aren't working for us. So I'm trying to talk people into waiting until this planet moves direct at least because I don't think Venus retrograde is really a good time to jettison everybody. It sounds like we've got a caller. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, my name is Kathy, and I have uh, not too long ago had a reading with you um, at the Boeing Parapsychology Expo. Uh-huh. And we had to cut our meeting short. I was late. We got lost. And um, anyway, I just have the tape. It has so much information on it, but... I'm, I know you say a lot on the letters that uh, this is a crazy time, lots of shit, <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm really struggling, <laughs> and so I don't really know how, to, um, do you want my birth date, do you want to go that way, or, yeah, if you give your birth date, um, month, day, and year, sure, it's uh, 2 and I'm going to let Mark do a little bit of math there while I ask you a couple of questions for him. Are you struggling with work or relationship? I mean, everybody has something going on with people right now. But right. Uh, yeah, I'm struggling with relationships, the, my, my marriage. Uh-huh. And it just sort of feels like it's not really my marriage, it's me. And, and could that be it, really? Could it be you? <laughs> Isn't everything us? I mean, right. well, everything I, is a projection of us. <laughs> right, exactly. And I, I guess what the, the struggle is, the projection is I'm, I can see it. Like, I can see what I'm doing, and I, I want to change, and I can't stop yes. doing it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, yes. and, it, and it, feels, it feels kind of crazy. <laughs> Um, so, Mark, I, what would you say? Well, well, the the first thing I'd like to say is that um, everybody, everybody, particularly people born in the mid-60s and, of course, you late 60s, between the ages of about 37 years old and 42 years old, go through what we uh, nicely like to call astrological midlife crisis or, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? I'm right there, yep. And what and it begins with the planet Pluto, which, of course, has been in the news all year surrounding uh, being downgraded, but we all know in astrology that you can call Pluto what you want, but it's a heavy hitter in the zodiac uh, astrologically because when it touches your life, uh, and in this case, Pluto out in the sky is making a challenge that we call a square or a motivator is a nice word, mm -hmm. uh, to where it was when you were born. Mm. And 
this is the beginning of a process. So rather than looking at it as when is this thing going to be over or, um, you know, how do I fix this thing, uh, the number one thing is, ah, I need to step out of any self-judgment I may be doing and allow myself to release that which is no longer me. And, see, that can be attitudes, beliefs, behaviors, and then from that can also be releasing relationships or jobs or whatever that no longer serve you. Right. Okay? And so it's a bigger thing than just the relationship, but it is very true. Uh, I'd want you to know that you're not alone. I I've seen people who, uh, just in the past couple of months, who have been married for 20 years, 29 years, uh, ending relationships. Um, and I've seen family relationships and, you know, all types of relationships you can think of uh, going through some major shifts this year. And really what it's about is about a shifting of values. And there's actually some pretty major astrological transits coming up. Uh, transit is kind of what buttons are being pushed at any particular time. Uh, really, now through next spring and so i guess the the one thing i'd like to offer you is it is time to let go of um what no longer serves you and it doesn't mean you necessarily have to leave a marriage okay it right. just means that whatever the attitudes or beliefs or behaviors are that no longer serve you need to be released well and that's it is that i just feel it's it is an old message, and I can't believe I'm hearing it again. You know, like it's a, a struggle of of an old message that just feels like, you know, excuse me, but it feels like I want to just say, shut up, you know. Uh -huh. Like just, I can't believe I'm doing that. I mean, I'm criticizing myself like that again. Sure. You know, and so it's just a feeling of like, oh, no, there's that voice. And I know I want it to stop, but am I going to be stuck in it? You know what I mean? Like, how do I just, it's like that. I feel this whole, like, with this full moon and every, the lunar eclipse and everything. We like, let go, let go, let go. But you have to know what you need to let go of before you can let go of it, Kathy. So you're being shown. So you're getting the information. Does that make sense? Yes, you're right. Yes, that's a very positive way of looking at it. <laughs> and that's. That's my struggle is that it feels like it is a negative message and I can't help but even feel more negative about the fact that I got this negative message. That You know, I had a dream the night of the eclipse about something that happened to me when I was 14 that I thought I was totally over. And that dream brought all those emotions and that stuff back. And I was like, just like you, oh my God, don't tell me that this, crap is still hanging around <laughs> right <laughs> so you and, and my way of thinking is you get the information so you do have something to shoot at if you have you have to know what you need to get rid of and then that said there are so many people out there to help you i mean my gosh there's that light healers group we have hundreds of people on that and a theta healer and beyond and there's something going on every day here in Seattle, and, and Portland has a lot of stuff, too. I run down to Portland once a month and run up to the store that Mark uh, does some stuff out of, and I think, you know, the energy here is just so different than it is in Seattle, and it just feels good to get away into another realm. Mark's going to be here at the Boeing show, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, he and I are both going to be there. Um, yeah, that's the last Saturday in September. Yeah, yeah, I'll be... Uh, 
what is it, the 29th, I think. So we'll both be um, we'll both be available <laughs> during that time. But you know, a part of this is with Venus is about what you like and who you like. It's not just love. I mean, it, I think Venus is how we pick our clothes and our food and a whole lot of things. And when it's going backwards, which only happens over a couple of years, especially in the sign of Leo, which, you know, has a lot of mixed messages. Leo is uh, creativity and adventure and romance and, and the ego and the sense of self. So it would be natural, I would think, that many of us would be doubting ourselves or um, getting a chance to jettison something that no longer no longer serves us. And so if um, when you guys say like that about now how like uh, Saturn or which who's moving into Virgo? Is that Saturn? Saturn. Okay. Uh-huh. And so when that when that is happening, when you look in your natal birth chart, do you look where you have Virgo or do you look where you have Saturn? In, in the case that we're talking about now, you're going to look at um, uh, where where the Virgo is, because out in the sky, the planet Saturn is moving in Virgo, okay. which also means that it's going to be on the opposite side of the sky of Pisces, and you're born in the early early days of Pisces. Right. So that means you're getting this opposition, just think of like a full moon. The sun and moon are opposite. Well, this is going to be the planet Saturn is opposite your uh, life force. And what this is, it's a, um, number one, you could go back and look 14 years ago to see what started approximately, uh, you know, that would be approximately 1993-ish, because that was the beginning of the cycle, and you're kind of the halfway point now. And so all you're saying is, am I on track? uh, do I need to readjust something? Am I claiming my power or am I giving my power away? Yeah. And then we've got the two eclipses, which this is valid information for all of the listeners. Uh, we're in between two eclipses now, the one we just had and the one that's coming up on September 11th, which tends to drag us all down into the swamps of our subconscious. And just as Carol said, you know, oh, it brought some old stuff up that I thought was done and gone. Mm-hmm. Well, in our society, we're kind of taught, oh, just shove it off in a closet. we got too much to do to deal with it. Uh, but the truth is, is these eclipses come to bring up the, the whatever is at the bottom of the swamp so that we can cleanse it and heal it. And you don't want to move into new energies dragging an old ball and chain. Right. So... And so, like that, I have Pluto with Virgo, and that's in my eighth house. And now I was under, or I thought I understood that the eighth house was relationships, or is that more values, or is that sort of the same thing? I tend to think the second house is my money and my values, and the eighth house is that joint resources. But the eighth house, to me, has an overlay of elimination to it, too, in the eighth house. Often, when things happen in the eighth house, people have the urge to clean the closet mentally, emotionally, physically, get people out of their life, get things out of their life, get ideas. So, so the eighth house is. Uh, I always think, and I know I'm, I'm not many astrologers say this, but I always think of the seventh house relationships 
as Mark and I have a seventh house relationship. We're friends. We can call upon each other. But he, we don't have an eighth house relationship. He doesn't have the key to my front door. <laughs> so the differentiation for me with those two houses is a degree of intimacy. What do you think about it, Mark? Well, you know, the, this is probably a rude joke for uh, the radio, but, you know, in astrology we say the eighth house is sex, death, and taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's right. where we throw everything into the pot uh-huh. in sex. Yeah. And the seventh house is a little nicer. The seventh house is we're making the commitment, and yeah. the eighth house we're throwing all everything into the same pot. We're merging with something larger than ourselves. Well, so then again, that would be similar to why, for me personally, maybe the, the like that, that the Virgo, my Pluto and Virgo in the eighth house uh, has to do with, and this also I have um, Leo is my eighth house, I believe, and so. Um, that's a little bit about the relationship stuff, the marriage, mm-hmm. sort of the shifting of like, okay, is this still, you know, like that? Am I living up to what I thought I started this all as? Because 14 years ago is about when I got married. <laughs> so uh-huh. you're talking Venus retrograde in, in her seventh or eighth house or maybe even both going across sure. that doorway. Right. So, of course, this Venus retrograde is going to be having you look at all kinds of relationships in your life and rethink um, you know, just really rethinking is what I wish we could do with this one. But unfortunately, that a lot of people, like Mark has said, are cutting uh, the ties on everything. And uh, I, I guess everything is in a divine time. It's just if you gave me uh, a job of finding timing for you, I would have everybody not doing as much as possible until after that September 11th eclipse. Right, well, and that's it, too, is I guess that's what, this is what is stirring up from my old days, is this feeling of the last time I heard this negative voice or this sort of criticism, this negative self-criticism, was um, in a place where when it started to feel like that, I just left, right? I just abandoned wherever I was and stepped out and, and just started out alone and knew so that I would stop, you know, so I wouldn't have to deal with whatever and wherever that voice came from. But now, you know, you like that, I don't feel at all in a marriage after this long that I want to just abandon ship, you know. I want to change, definitely, but I'm not going to walk out on my children and my husband, you know, just like that. It, well, it Kathy, feels like I want me. to. But Send I, me an email, and I will um, I will hook you up with some ideas and stuff. There's, there's so many things that I'm doing in September outside of what I'm doing as an astrologer, but what I'm going to personally, some drumming things and some mm. some other stuff that I don't put out there. Otherwise, you know, there'd be... Uh, right. <laughs> I, you'd have 42 pages of stuff. <laughs> but, you know, there is some stuff with Theta. Mark does an unbelievable Violet Flame workshop. So I wish I could get him to come up here and, and do a workshop, and I plan on trying to talk him into that because that is an energy, I think, Mark, that really clears, don't you? It definitely is a, an ancient mystery tool that uh, um, helps people to uh, change the energy of their life. It's, it's, it's alchemy on an energetic level. Instead of changing lead into gold, you're changing, we'll call it more dense energy into light energy. Uh, and there's actually uh, a lot of information on it on my website, the astromark.us, 
if people wanted to check it out. And, of course, I'd be happy to come up to Seattle. Uh, I'm scheduling in next year at this point in time, but I'd be happy to come up and, uh, you know, offer that up there. Uh, one of the things I would like to offer her, though, before we let her off the hook here, right. is, is actually valid for everybody who's listening at this point in time. And oftentimes we tend to think that, oh, if I let something go, I'm going to be letting my responsibilities go. And, and that's just not true because Saturn is the planet of responsibility. It doesn't let you get out of your responsibilities. It simply says is... And in Virgo, see, Virgo is um, higher service or it's sacrifice. Ah. And the issue is, am I serving in this relationship or am I sacrificing? Certainly, if you are um, sacrificing, then staying and thinking you're being responsible to your children in that, uh, your children probably would laugh at you because you're making it worse on them. <laughs> and no, no one thinks you're going to abandon your children. We're just looking at a different way of handling responsibilities. Oh. See, to be able to go to a higher frequency of soul vibration, you can't play games with yourself of um, saying things like, oh, uh, when this changes or when they're 18 or when they graduate from high school or wherever they're at at this point, then I'll be able to do something. That's not really in integrity with truth. The idea is, is I must be responsible, but how I'm viewing the way I'm doing my responsibility perhaps needs to be reframed. Ah, that's perfect. Thank you. So okay. Much. Yes, yes, and, and that's, it, yeah, sheds a new light on the whole situation. And so, yes, Carol, I will send you an email about some of those things you spoke of, and I'm so glad to have got through. <laughs> okay, well, you, you have a good day, and recognize that you're certainly not alone out there. You know, we're all uh, doing a lot of internal processing right now, and I think that's a good thing. Yes. It is. It feels like on the verge of the right thing. So there's hope in that. <laughs> that's, that's good. If you can just see the light at the end of the tunnel, my, my grandma used to say, you're almost home free. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you both very much. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Is there someone else on the line? doesn't sound like there is. Mark? Well, you know, uh, she said something just as she was hanging up that I, I think is really significant. She said she felt on the verge of something. Uh-huh. And the way I'm looking at that or astrologically interpreting that is, you know, 2007 numerology, uh, in numerology is a nine year, which is a year of completions. And what we're getting ready for uh, is that the planet Pluto, this power and transformation that we said was being activated in, in, in this woman's chart is getting ready to change signs. And so Pluto has been in Sagittarius, the philosopher, the adventurer, religion. Uh, Pluto can be death and destruction if we want to look at it in a neg negative way. And so we saw a lot of death and destruction surrounding religion. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if everybody would think back to around 1995, what shifted in your life philosophically uh, would be one way to look at that because that is getting ready to end. We're kind of, you know, like when you move out of a house or an apartment, you have to clean the dirt from under the rug. Uh, we're kind of in that place during 2007 as Pluto's ending its Sagittarius. Uh, if you need a date to look at or an event, 
uh, back in around 95 was when the O.J. Simpson trial was up. And that was the end of Pluto and Scorpio. Scorpio would be like wife abuse. Mm -hmm. And Sagittarius was the legal system. And so when the O.J. Simpson case came up, uh, the story astrologically was, is, oh, we're bringing all this hidden stuff to the surface and then looking at how society is dealing with it or failing to deal with it. And then, of course, all the laws change, uh, you know, when that recognition is happening. Well, so we're getting ready. Pluto's going to go move into Capricorn next spring, and that means we're all cleaning up what it is we um, um, it don't need to carry into the next cycle. And so when this woman says, ah, oh, we're on the verge of something changing, she's really talking and tuned in to something much larger is the way I would see that. I do, too. I do, too. And and don't you see it with a you know, people will come to me, and I'm I'm watching when they did things, and it's like they they are in the cycle, they are in the flow already. They just maybe don't recognize that they are. And and I think, you know, my client base has become so much more increasingly in tune with the universe. And I would say, you know, what I would love to be able to teach is that astrology is nothing but the seasons. It's the flow. And the energies of each season, and and trying to teach people that they contain all twelve of those seasons, and maybe um, you know I do relationships uh, in the energy of Taurus and Gemini, which is spring, and you've got Virgo rising, so you've got what have you got on your relationship area? Who me? You, Mark? Yeah. That would embarrass me in front of everybody, huh? My relationship areas are empty. In fact, my relationship planets are hidden in the monk place. Uh, um, but the sign there, you know, that's, that says how you chose what seasonal kind of energies that you chose to use. So I look at the fact that all of these uh, you know, Jupiter into Capricorn, sure. uh, Vesta into Capricorn, Pluto into Capricorn. This is that that highest energy. It's it's carrying a very high vibrational field, which is about it's more than the self. It's more about personal relationships. We've now moved out into a more world connected. That that kind of we are one energy to me. I think really begins with Capricorn Aquarius. And Pisces, I think, of the signs as increasingly building connections to other people. And by the time we get to Capricorn, it's like we are not alone. You know, the whole group needs to rise. Um, I've always thought about ascension. I don't want to ascend unless everybody can go with me. Right. A good bodhisattva, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I certainly hope you're right because to answer your question, I've got to sign Capricorn on my romance house, so hopefully <laughs> that means that this single guy will get a little more romance and come out of my little monk's uh, astrology place. Well, that does explain something because, uh, you know, Capricorn there, I think, has high high values. You know, you, you have a a certain uh, level that relationships have to be. You know, Taurus is like, we here's a relationship, let's go. <laughs> well, and, you know, it, it's true. Uh, we've got the planet Jupiter going on right now in Sagittarius, and it'll be moving into Capricorn in December where it will spend a year. 
And so kind of the way I've been looking at it for everybody, this is actually true for everybody, uh, Jupiter and Sag, Jupiter is kind of the philosopher, the adventurer, the quest for the Holy Grail, and so is Sagittarius. And, you know, I do uh, uh, that relocation astrology that goes by many names. Many people know it by the name astrocartography. Uh, is one of the big services I offer to help people find their proper place to live in the world, shall we say, their power lines. And while Jupiter has been in this restless, Sagittarius quest for the adventure, I have done more consultations for people who feel that they need to be placed somewhere else and by the time Jupiter moves into Capricorn, which is a stabilizing influence, starting in the middle of December and lasting through 08, uh, that's people saying, okay, I've been philosophizing about what I'm going to do, whether that's relocation or career changes or relationship changes. And when this Jupiter gets into Capricorn and soon followed by Pluto, people are going to be saying, okay, it's time to stop talking and fantasizing and philosophizing, and it's time to roll up my sleeves and do something about it. It. And that's the shift that's really coming up, I believe. Yeah, I, the, the relocation has just absolutely driven me up a tree because I have an email here from somebody in England, and I said, okay, so where would you like to go, Katie? And she said, I don't know, New Forest in Dorset or the Cotswolds or Cornwall or Australia or maybe New Zealand or how about Italy, Holland, Amsterdam, Spain or someplace abroad. That's I'm actually reading an email. She must have been a Gemini, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Sorry, Geminis, I apologize. <laughs> I it is a like, good Gemini what? joke, though. What? You know, and and... So Mark and I know we'll do a map and we see energy lines. So she's certainly given me a lot of things to shoot at. But obviously this is someone who really hasn't done the inner work, which, you know, is done by deciding that we need to live in a place which has seasons or is warmer or whatever. She's just kind of gone. Uh, shotgun approach to the whole planet. <laughs> and, and I don't know if you find this to be true as well, Carol, but I find the people come and they want, just tell me that one place that's going to have love and money and enlightenment and all the things in one little place. And, of course, I always tell them that place is within, that yeah. if they're going to choose a place on the planet, they have to choose their priorities. And, you know, because I do neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, my, my belief is that when I believe that this is the place and this is the time and this is the moment, then I'm going to create the opportunities that will make it the time and the place and the moment. And when I think this isn't, I will do that also. So, you know, I think the mind, uh, you know, to me the answer for almost everything is with the mind. I mean, I know you can do pain control with it. You can do a lot of things. You can't keep other people from dying. You can't stop earthquakes. Well, maybe some people out there listening might think you can. But anyway, in my, I haven't been able to do that yet. Uh-huh. Um, but I have a whole group of people that say they've kept Rainier from going, you know, so... Uh, that are doing ley line energies, but the mind is so powerful. And when I think these planets move to Earth signs, we will begin to see our own power um, to understand that we really can create. To me, Earth is about building. I always think of Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn as the builders of the zodiac. And so when we have major planetary shifts, you know, Saturn into Virgo and 
and the other guys rolling into Capricorn, it would seem to me that we're going to try to build something different on this planet. Absolutely. And, you know, for everyone out there who's had this dream or this ideal that has been floating or off on the back burner or whatever, uh, we're having this very practical bring your dream down to earth energy is starts coming in next Sunday. And, you know, parts of it are going to last until 2024. Um, so, you know, Saturn moving into Virgo for two years starting on September 2nd is... You know, the sign of the goddess. I am bringing a higher level of service into manifestation on planet Earth. And then Jupiter moving into Capricorn says, I am going to take a risk on bringing my highest philosophical ideals into practical worldly application. And then next spring, the planet Pluto, which is major transformation, it moves into Capricorn. And, you know, a lot of people will hear Pluto and they'll go, oh, my God, a bunch of people are going to get killed and governments are going to be overthrown and, and, you know, the conspiracy theory type of approach to astrology. And and I'm not saying those things aren't going to happen because structures need to be restructured. It's just that simple. But there's a higher spiritual vibration going on here that, um, and that is Capricorn Think of the planet Saturn, how it's got the rings around it. The ancients would say to get out past this solar system, because, you know, Saturn's really, uh, for the most part, we'll say it's the last planet that you can actually see with your bare eye, uh, you know, without a, a telescope, that to get out beyond our little world, you need to have your act clean. I like to think of it, uh, you know, I'm going to Egypt next year, so I kind of use Egypt analogies. And so I'll think, you know, okay, we walk up to the pyramid carrying our uh, our bucket of water, our axe. That's from that old book, Chop Wood, Carry Water, uh-huh. you know, the simple aspects of spirituality. We go into the pyramid. We get initiated into a higher frequency of vibration. And then we come back out. We pick up our bucket and our axe, and we get back to work, only we're doing it at a higher frequency. And to me, that's what's coming on to the planet, uh, you know, as we move into 2008. You know, that's what I thought when I saw you were taking a group of people to Egypt this year. I thought, aha, this is this Earth manifestation. And I also thought, he's got Virgo rising and Saturn is going into the first house. And it's now time for him to do what he's supposed to do. But um, it feels like, you know, that for some people is, is a manifestation, a physical manifestation of a certain type of energy that they need to have. And during this time, you know, Pluto was in Capricorn when the United States developed. So I see Pluto in Capricorn. You know, Pluto went into Capricorn, and during that time, we rebelled against England and set up new colonies and set up new laws. So it would be natural that as Pluto goes into Capricorn again, we we are looking at the anniversary, really, of Pluto, and, and I think when you look at any country, you look at when the country was created, and every time it has a Pluto transit, that's fine. There's huge changes. So the some of the basic values that this country was created under, I would guess that some of those values would um, that have been kind of left by the wayside would come forward again. Well, and we're also seeing previews of what's coming. Uh, if you, see, if you know a little astrology, you know where to look. Uh, for example, Capricorn rules structures, and we just had a, a bridge fall down. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't know what it's like up in Washington, but in Oregon, a high percentage of the bur- bridges are considered to be deficient, or whatever the the nice word they use for it. It's we're still using them, but mm-hmm. be careful. Um, we just saw the uh, Michael Moore sicko movie come out on health care. Well, that was kind of a predecessor to uh, major changes coming in health care. Uh, Capricorn rules taxes. So we know that the tax system has got to be restructured uh, so that the super wealthy people don't pay any taxes and, you know, the middle class do um, to make things more um balanced for everybody let's say yeah and and you know we it's very interesting if you look at our founding fathers none of them were christians per se you know they were unitarians most of them <laughs> signed that declaration of independence so this country was set up with a concept of god including everybody not yeah yeah Hey, and you know, I just got to say, uh, a lot of our founding fathers were astrologers too. I know. <laughs> so I just want to make sure we put I that out there for everybody. I tell people when they wig everybody. out about astrology and they're not sure if it's Christian, I always say, "Well, Jesus would have studied astrology and astronomy in the temple as he studied. They, it was a it was a combined uh, a combined thing. We were a lot more close with." with nature and maybe that will be what will happen with this time too mark maybe most people will begin to become more comfortable with the earth and um i was thinking the other day you know there under me was is the foundation of the house and then there's a basement and then there's a floor and then there's tiles and then there's a carpet and how disconnected sometimes we get from the earth so couldn't that perhaps be a reconnection to the earth energy for some people yeah, I, I think you're right. The word I like to use is integration because uh, uh, down here in Oregon, we have what we call Pill Hill, which is the uh, Oregon Health and Sciences University up on the big hill. And they're doing all kinds of research in how to blend traditional medicine with alternative medicine or, um, you know, how to make a baby's uh, birthing process be more, I don't know, human. Uh, we're seeing it in astrology where they're mixing feng shui in astrology or shamanism in astrology. Um, and all of the modalities are starting to blend together to say, hey, we can help each other. I've always felt the American Indians were very close in in their times of the north, south, east, and west, and their moons, that they really flow in, that they were doing astrology. <clears throat> they just were, were not calling it Aries. They were calling it the Red Hawk Moon or something. Sure, but, sure. You know, those energies all flowed together. And I'm sorry if you hear a background noise. That's my cat who decided to find something and play with it on the floor. So I, if anybody wants to go to Egypt with Mark, please do me a favor. Go to his website, connect in with him. This is going to be a fantastic trip. Um, and uh, if you've been thinking about going, I promise you, you will have a, a quite an experience if you choose to do this. Um, and uh, I'm I'm kind of pea green with envy, but the thought of uh, the heat and a camel is at my age. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was ten years younger, Mark, I'd be going. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If they'd go to my website, the www.astromark.us, uh, A-S-T-R-O-M-A-R-K.us, uh, the trip's going to be March 5th to 15th of 08. So we're going to take advantage of these 
energies of Pluto moving into Capricorn. We've even rented private time in the Great Pyramid, which is just something that is unaffordable to do by yourself unless you're independently wealthy. Uh, and there is a early registration discount uh, by uh, September 30th. So, in other words, if you want to come, you can get in at the, at the lowest price if you do it by September 30th. Um, the other thing I would actually like to offer listeners is, you know, I do my uh, quarterly print newsletter, um, and I would be happy to send out a free copy of that if people would either email me or call me. Uh, you can get the email through the website, or my phone number is 503-252-1558. And in that newsletter, I update people on what's going on quarterly. Uh, just kind of like, Carol, you've got your email newsletter that uh, you send out. I think it's every week at this point, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm trying to God do bless it. you doing it every I'm week. so wordy, it's getting scary. Wait, I think it's about 6.57, so we're going to be off of the air in a couple of minutes. But... Um, do contact Mark, and he'll have a, probably information set up on his table at Boeing if you can go to that. And, um, God, Mark, I thank you. God, this hour just flew. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I will see you when you're up here, I guess, next time. I will definitely be up at the end of September, and I'll be up again for the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo at Seattle Center in uh, middle of October. Wonderful. Okay, well, I, um, I'm sure they'll tell us when it's time to go off. This is kind of a new thing for me. I've been a guest before, but I've never been a host. So <laughs> I kind of graduated. But, Mark, I don't know what I would have done without you tonight. So Thank you. Thank you. I thank well, let's, you. Let's just tell them that the eclipse, the solar eclipse is coming up on September 11th. Yes. And it's going to be in the sign Virgo. So there's more of this Virgo stuff going on. And that's about really tuning in to what is the service you want to bring out into this life. And finding the answers, I think, because I always think of I analyze with Virgo. And I think, you know, when we begin to analyze things, we really do find the answers. Don't you think so? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, well, it'll And, Carol, can they get your uh, email newsletter sure. through your website? It's, it's Carol Astro, C-A-R-O-L-A-S-T-R-O, at Verizon.net. Oh, <laughs>